Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I am your host, Koro Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Galilee, where my wife and I live. Thank you for joining me today. On today's podcast, I will be discussing Plum Island, the tiny island off the shores of eastern Long Island that has remained an enigma shrouded in mystery for a very long period of time. I will try to unpack and explain this island's significance in the evil and secret history of germ warfare in America and beyond. Peeling Back the Onion A dear friend of mine once said about investigations in general, and I am paraphrasing his words, once you start peeling back the onion, you never know where it will end or what you will find. Author Michael Christopher Carroll wrote a book entitled Lab 257, The Disturbing Story of the Government's Secret Plum Island Germ Laboratory. His seven years of thorough research, based on innumerable declassified government documents, scores of in-depth interviews with scientists, government officials, local residents, historians, first-hand accounts, and his access to Plum Island itself reveal what was previously hidden in plain sight. In 1966, the American government started to let the general public in on the secret and classified information that they had been hiding for years. The late President Lyndon Baines Johnson signed into law the Freedom of Information Act, giving Americans the right to access records from any federal agency. And this is exactly what Michael Christopher did for his research on Plum Island. In the shadow of New York City, Lab 257 opens up with the statement, Nestled near the Hamptons, the fashionable summer playground, Americans rich and famous, and in the shadow of New York City, lies an imposing 840-acre island, unidentified on most maps. On the few maps in which it can be found, Plum Island is marked red or yellow and stamped U.S. government restricted or danger animal disease. Though many people live the good life within a scant mile or two from its shores, few know the name of the pork-shaped island. End quote. What is Plum Island really like and what goes on there? The author would personally find out for himself. A Visit to Plum Island Michael Christopher Carroll, in his book, Lab 257, describes the history of Plum Island as an ancient Native American fishing outpost that stretches back 350 years. It was later colonized by early English settlers, then a sheep and cattle farm, a Revolutionary War battleground, a submarine mine factory, and an Army Biological Warfare Laboratory. Since 1954, Plum Island has been an animal disease center that tries to protect America's $100 billion livestock industry and defend it from foreign viruses. But after 9-11, its mission returned to germ warfare. Today it is home to vacant beaches, cliffs, forests, ponds, bogs, trails, roads, buildings, and people. 
and the deadliest germs that have ever roamed the earth. Diseases like anthrax, West Nile virus, and Lyme. The author Michael Christopher Carroll decided to visit Plum Island, and I will let you hear his own written account on what he experienced. And I quote, I toured the island with retired draftsman Ben Robbins. He carried a flashlight in his rear jeans pocket and wielded a two-foot machete in his left hand. We climbed through the army bunkers and coastal defense installations of Spanish-American war vintage, while thorns and brush from everywhere snapped into my face. Ben knew every inch of Plum Island because he had to for decades. It was his job to draw maps and blueprints. I quickly realized Plum Island is like a preserve that hasn't known much orderly planting, pruning. We have industrial-grade poison ivy, said Ben. We reached a high bluff on the island's east end and entered an old army weather station. On the way out, I noticed a weathered, gray ammunition storage box behind the door on the first floor. Brushing off decades of dust, I read faded stenciling printed sideways along the box. Sprayer, chemical engineer, troop supply. I wondered what it was used for. It is the highest point on the island, so outdoor test spraying pathogen or insect vectors, which are fleas, mosquitoes, sandflies, ticks, and horseflies, would have run from here. But Ben was calling my name. I dashed out to meet him. In the van returning to the lab for lunch, I looked down at my khakis. A burst of heat flashed up through my legs, straight to my gut, as I saw about eight tiny black dots, a few on each pant leg. Immediately, I realized I was covered in ticks. I carefully brushed them off onto the floor of the minivan, wondering why I'd been trekking through the overgrowth woods with a short sleeve shirt and no hat. I tried to keep cool, but I was perspiring like crazy. When we stopped for lunch back at the laboratory, where I swiped off seven ticks attached to my shirt and four more on the inside of my pant leg, the rest of the day I flicked more black spots off my clothing and covered my head with my hands as we hiked under the trees. End quote. What Michael Christopher experienced firsthand on Plum Island that day was being in the uncomfortable birthplace of the weaponization of ticks with Lyme disease, and it was difficult to deny and just dismiss it. Horrifically, Plum Island was the epicenter for this disease and possibly many more harmful weaponized agents. The sights and sounds he took in on his hike through the woods all pointed to undeniable evidence of a secret place gone disturbingly awry. Lab 257 This building that is known as a U.S. Biological Warfare Research Laboratory has an ominous and evil history. In an article entitled The Deadly Plum, author Gordon Short says when the United States Department of Agriculture took over the management of Plum Island in 1954, it was to do domestic research on diseases that could be a threat to domestic animals, like cattle, horses, sheep, 
and chickens, diseases like foot and mouth disease, and many others. But the dividing line between research to protect domestic livestock and to disable the same of an enemy is blurry. This blurriness that Dr. Short speaks about is getting clearer and clearer by the day as more research and discovery of a hidden and clandestine program is being revealed. The Nazi Connection in America The name John Luftus is well known in the special ops and intelligence community. As a young U.S. Army officer, he helped train Israelis on a covert mission to turn the tide of the 1973 Yom Kippur War. He was a Justice Department prosecutor and once held some of the highest security clearances in the world. Today, he works without charge to help hundreds of intelligence agents obtain lawful permission to declassify and publish the hidden secrets of our times. And he investigated CIA cases and Nazi war criminals for the Attorney General of the United States. In an article by Carl Grossman called Lyme Diseases and Biowarfare, he shares about a book called The Belarus Secret by John Luftus. He says the book documents that former Nazi germ warfare scientists brought the knowledge to the United States after World War II of experimenting with poison ticks dropped from planes to spread rare diseases. The author said he had information suggesting that the U.S. tested some of these poison ticks on the Plum Island Artillery Range during the early 1950s. John Loftus points out that poison ticks are the source of the disease spirochete. My questions are, is there a connection to the epidemic of Lyme disease in 1995 in America to Plum Island? According to the CDC, 43 states reported cases of Lyme disease in 1995. Lyme, Connecticut is close in proximity to Long Island. Did it begin in Lyme, Connecticut or Plum Island? How did it spread so far and wide? What's the real story? The pieces of the puzzle that were hidden, fractured, and fragmented for so long are starting to come together. Dr. Eric Traub's involvement with Plum Island. It seems the more I research the history of World War II, the more I find America's deep interconnectedness with Nazi Germany. One major figure that played a role in America's secret operations with biological weaponry was Dr. Eric Traub. He was a Nazi germ warfare scientist who was allegedly smuggled into the United States in 1949 from the former Soviet Union under the secretive U.S. government program called Operation Paperclip. Dr. Traub is known as the father of Plum Island Biological Research Lab. And in an article from Bioneti.com, it states that Dr. Traub worked directly under Adolf Hitler's second-in-charge, Heinrich Himmler. Traub's interests included collecting the Rinderpest virus from Anatolia and packaging foot-and-mouth disease for dispersed cattle and reindeer in Russia. Once Dr. Traub came to America, the Army and the USDA conducted outdoor biological experiments 
within the U.S. borders. The Plum Island Lab was modeled after his own germ laboratory on Incel Reims in the Baltic Sea. My questions are, Dr. Traub passed away in May of 1985, but was never investigated for war crimes in his past. Why was this allowed to happen? What did he really engineer on Plum Island regarding ticks? He is just one name amongst many other mysterious figures that have all but disappeared silently somehow from world history, yet they are a part of an egregious and diabolical secret history of America's biological weapons program. Dr. William Bergdorfer In an article by Carl Grossman on Lyme and Biowarfare, he states that Dr. Bergdorfer was credited as the person who discovered the pathogen that causes Lyme disease and earlier developed bioweapons for the Department of Defense. In fact, one of the Lyme strains called Borrelia burgdorferi is named after him. In another article by Jonathan Olivier on the review of the book called Bitten, The Secret History of Lyme Disease and Biological Weapons by science writer Chris Newby, he quotes from her book. It says, Speaking of Dr. Bergdorfer, he was growing microbes inside ticks, having the ticks feed on animals, and then harvesting the microbes from the animals that exhibited levels of illness for the military. Dr. Bergdorfer mixed bacteria and viruses together inside ticks. He became the go-to person for special tick requests for bioweapons. By the late 1950s, bioweapons labs at Fort Detrick, Maryland were capable of breeding millions of bugs per month, such as mosquitoes that were infected with yellow fever, designed to be released via missiles. End quote. If the U.S. government and other foreign governments had bioweapon technology in the 1950s, what are they doing now to the world's population? False Negatives and False Positives In a book entitled New Paradigms in Lyme Disease Treatment, the author shares that Lyme disease is one of the fastest-growing infectious diseases in the world, with well over 300,000 new cases every year in the United States alone. Many researchers estimate the numbers to be even higher than that due to the fact that many people are infected and either do not know it or do not report it. Lyme disease is a pandemic, and yet current diagnostic methods are inadequate and miss many cases. Due to the extreme covert nature and international cover-up of Lyme disease, the CDC recommends tests called the ELISA and the Western Blot for detecting Lyme. In an article entitled Lyme Psi, Analysis shows standard Lyme testing is highly inaccurate. The author says that both the ELISA and the Western blot are indirect tests and do not detect the pathogen itself. These Lyme stealth pathogens were once created in laboratories and designed to evade the body's defenses so they leave the blood as quickly as possible, burrowing into the tissues. This leaves countless people around the world undiagnosed and suffering in silence. 
finding the right medical care. Millions of people around the world at this present time are suffering and feeling completely helpless with Lyme disease or a misdiagnosis of Lyme. Lyme disease is known as the great mimicker and imitator. It mimics and imitates harmful diseases like lupus, vasculitis, rheumatoid arthritis, chronic fatigue syndrome, Alzheimer's, ALS, multiple sclerosis, and fibromyalgia. There's one test that can detect Lyme with efficiency. It's called the PCR test, invented by the late Dr. Kerry Mullis. Ironically, he said the PCR test was never designed to detect infections and diseases like COVID-19 or viruses, but invented instead to detect RNA and DNA from a specific organism. If you've been bitten by a tick, spider, flea, and mosquito, and are feeling continuous symptoms of brain fog, fatigue, joint pain, or flu-like symptoms, I would highly recommend getting tested through a laboratory that offers a PCR test for Lyme disease and co-infections like Igenix Incorporated. Thankfully, there are reputable medical professionals who understand and specialize and are experienced in treating patients suffering from this bioweaponized bacteria found in ticks. The following doctors are experts in the field of Lyme disease treatment. Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, Dr. Todd Watts, Dr. Richard Horowitz, Dr. Chris Motley, and Dr. J. Davidson. A Fight for Justice In an article dated September 24, 2021, entitled Weaponized Ticks, it explains that the U.S. House of Representatives passed an amendment by Congressman Chris Smith and directed the Government Accountability Office to probe whether the Department of Defense used weaponized ticks with Lyme disease or any other harmful pathogen. Congressman Smith said, Americans deserve the truth. Millions of Americans suffering from Lyme disease have a right to know whether any of this is true and if any old research documents could be applied by current-day scientists to find a better diagnostic or treatment. To stop the spread of these horrific tick-borne diseases, we must first understand their origins and how they came to be so pervasive. End quote. Congressman Smith went on to say how this investigation and research will hopefully contribute to finding a cure and see if the U.S. government was found to be involved. The author Luke shares in Luke chapter 8 and verse 17, Everything that is hidden will become clear, and every secret thing will be made known. Truth and Justice The Hebrew Bible has given us many verses on God's power to heal and the eternal nature of truth and justice that provides us with the strength and encouragement for today's world that has thrown away its moral compass. Psalm 111, verse 7 says, The works of his hands are truth and justice. The late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Truth may be crucified and justice buried, but one day they will rise again. Psalm 107, verses 19 and 20 say, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them 
out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. The prophet Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story, when I will be bringing you more news from the land of Israel. See you soon.